0: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
1: Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air.
2: For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe
1: ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call
3: 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
0: At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll.
3: Peace to the planet, Charlemagne the God here. And you don't want to miss Hello Somebody with Senator Nina Turner on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I love Hello Somebody simply because I love Nina Turner. She's fearless. I'm Nina Turner, hell raising humanitarian,
1: sister in the struggle. And recovering elected official, listen to Hello Somebody every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
2: When's the last time you took a timeout? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. My next guest is Bryce Thompson. He is a serial entrepreneur, event planner, investor, and a business mentor to millennials. At the age of 25, Bryce is considered an exception. He enjoys hosting events open to people of all ages and walks of life, but he caters primarily to the millennial mindset. Like every other black man in America, Bryce has felt the stings of racism, which which is sad. He's just 25. I think at my age and which i understand the era that i grew up in that he wouldn't have to experience that but he is he's been su- subjected to the scrutiny and limitations of stereotypes and social structures designed to box those who look like him in a life of mediocrity and poverty however in spite of all this he's called out a plan for success that is centered upon having an impact bigger than himself he's the co-founder of trade house investment group and chairman of its it'll all make sense nonprofit He's on the show to talk about his new book, Millennials Accepted and Accepted. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm gonna call him a good friend because he's from Houston, Texas, or Missouri City. I know exactly what that says. Bryce Thompson. How you doing, Bryce?
3: How you doing? How you doing? I'm happy to be here, Rashawn.
1: Oh great, Bryce. Um, let's let's you know, at 25, man. Like going on in this book, brother. Like going on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's been a good last five years, for sure. Well, let's talk about the
1: early years, because I think that's what lays the foundation um, off air. I was just telling you, uh, I remember I was making decisions on where I wanted to go to college. Let me tell you something, man. I didn't really want to go to college, you know, But I just thought I wanted to be a a, a forklift driver. That's what I wanted. I, I was inspired when I was 16 years old at my first job. By these, by these guys. They were black men. They were living a good life, driving forklifts and unloading trucks. And when I, I said, that's what I wanted to do. So I always feel that what you see at an early life can drive you to be what you can possibly be as you start to ascend. What inspired you as a young youth to, to be the man that you are today? And you're still climbing to be even a bigger man than you are today. Talk to us about that.
3: Right. Um, Well, more, more, more surface level, I would say, uh, or, or deeper rather, I would say my environment for one, Mm -hmm. my, my mom, especially always made sure I was in, you know, a really good environment, you know, first it started with school. Uh, You know, then she was very particular about the people that I would hang around. So Mm -hmm. I was always surrounded around people that were out doing great things, like people that were out, you know, striving for massive success. So in turn, That inspired me. And then more service level, my mom has always been an entrepreneur. She raised, you know, me and my brother Mm -hmm. um, strictly off of an entrepreneurial income pretty much our whole lives. Mm -hmm. So that that really inspired me to go out and make something out of nothing. And then even more service level, my older brother, uh, you know, he was the first person that I saw graduate college, you know, go on and get a good job. And at the time for me, you know, going out, getting a good job, especially a six figure mm-hmm. <laughs> income paying job, mm-hmm. you know, that was, you know, seeing that as a kid or, you know, a college student, that was like my first figure of success. So I'm right. like, OK, cool. I got to go to college. I got to right. graduate. Right. I got to get a good job. I got to be successful. I got to you know, be able to go out and support myself. So, you know, early on, I'm like, I, I, I have to go out there and, and do something. I can't just stay at home and you know, be you know regular, degular, schmegular.
1: Well, absolutely. I, I think that, and uh, when re- in reading this book, you know, uh, millions accepted and accepted, uh, because I always felt that when I was growing up in life, I I have been the accepted, in other words, or the exception. Okay, that's basically right. what that is. You know. Uh, People say I, I thought differently, I, I you know, I projected my outcome. You know, I came from a black community. Uh, I grew up, I went to high school in Forest Brook in Houston, Texas. It's not even open anymore. In fact, they've torn the school down. And as I saw, so my whole outlook was black. You know, I, I got on the bus to go downtown with not of black people on the bus. When I got back on the bus to go back to my house with no more black people on the bus. It wasn't until I was 18 that I started to see diversity in my life. And so, right. when did you start seeing a diversity in your life, or was it always there? Because in your book, you talk about how your mother—it was very important that you have a diverse look, perspective right. of life, and it really kind of opened you up. Correct?
3: Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I've pretty mm-hmm. much lived a diverse life from as as long as I can remember.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I would say early on, I you know I remember being at pretty much predominantly black, uh, middle school yes. and elementary, mm-hmm. more so elementary. Mm-hmm. I just went to the neighborhood school in Missouri city. I went to Quail Valley. I don't know if you ever heard of Quail Valley. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to Quail Valley elementary school and from what my mom tells me, and I can't really remember, but she remembers way, way more than I do. I stood out from a lot of the other students. I, you know, I made the best grades. I was at the top of my class and my teachers They recommended, right, that my teachers recommended that she put me in a, you know, a higher education. Like she put me around, you know, people that 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 were learning at a more elite level. Mm -hmm. So she started looking into, you know, higher learning schools around the area. She started looking into private schools. And then that's when, you know, that was my first time going to private school back in the second half of like sixth grade.
1: Right. Mm
3: -hmm. So I ended up getting into a private school um in the in the Houston area, of Fort Ben, Fort Bend Academy. I don't know if you've heard of Fort Bend Academy. I'm gonna tell you
1: something. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna slow you down by Houston, man. I was you born, raised, <laughs> and when I die, they gonna bury me in Houston. So that right, way you cool, can just so keep, keep talking page. normal about Houston. I know where the Turkey Lug Hud is. I know where West arm is. I know where fuqua is. I know South Main runs right smack down the middle of Missouri City. I know all right. that. So you can just talk normal with me, man. We're gonna have a good time on this interview, Bryce.
3: All right, yeah. You know more than I do then. So let me not <laughs> Well yeah, so I went I went to Fort Bend Academy and that was my that was the first time where I wasn't in a, a very diverse Environment, like Mm -hmm. I was, I was one of the very few African Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, most of the students that I that I was going to school with at the time, they were, they came from pretty rich, wealthy, Mm -hmm. well off Mm -hmm. family households. So that wasn't me. It was a little more. I was more of an outlier for the first time,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and but I still did really well in school. Mm-hmm. I still did I still did really well in sports, mm-hmm. and then I went off to high school. I ended up going back to public school. I went to Lamar my first year. Mm-hmm. I got back into a diverse environment, mm-hmm. um, but still at the top of my class. I was into I was in the IB program. Uh, still doing really well in school, mm-hmm. uh, and I also was playing sports at the time. So sports is what. Put me back into the private school environment <laughs> because Lamar didn't have the best basketball program at the time. Um, at least my freshman year, I don't know. How, I don't know what it is right now, mm-hmm. but I ended up looking into Westbury Christian. Westbury Christian had like top top notch basketball program my freshman year, mm-hmm. and I transferred back over to Westbury Christian. That was the first time I was in an environment where the education was a lot higher, yes, but it was also still diverse. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a situation where, you know, I was the only black kid, or I was the only you know kid that didn't come from a wealthy or rich family. It was it was a little bit of everything. And then when I went to Morehouse, I went back into <laughs> you know this environment of like, okay, this everybody's African American, everybody's black, but mm-hmm. the one thing that you know, really changed everything for me was the fact that I was at Morehouse. Around a bunch of people that looked like me, came from similar backgrounds, but the common denominator of all of us was we really like everybody wanted to be successful at Morehouse. Mm-hmm. Like that was like that that was a need. It was an assessment. Right. Like you needed you were going to Morehouse. That are just just having that title attached to your name, like you had to become you had to become something. You had which to be which something was really great. interesting
1: because you know you wanted to go to Harvard. But really you technically went to Harvard, you know, and that's more us. Right. <laughs> when you look at the legacies that's tied to that, post from a from a from from an academic standpoint, because I'm always a, a proponent of, a, a, a advocate, I should say, of what right. HBCUs, you know, 80% of the black doctors and dentists come from HBCUs, 40% of the members of Congress who are black come from HBCUs, 50% of the public schools teachers who are black come from HBCUs, 24% of the STEM, 27%, it just went up, I just studied, came out of the STEM graduates who are black come from HBCUs. So you went to Harvard. You know, and so, and, and that getting in an environment that was equally academic competitive, because even when you went to West Christian Academy, that was a competitive environment because that was, let me just explain to everybody what he was talking about. Lamar University in Houston, right off of West is a football powerhouse. I mean, that's a bad school. Now, West Christian Academy, they recruit people. Like, he might be, Bryce might be good, but they won't let him know that they're bringing in FOMO goods. And so right. that puts you in another competitive environment. So you've always been in a competitive environment. You've always been challenged physically to be better than the person sitting right next to you. So that probably played very well for you in the lanes that you're successful in now, correct? Absolutely. For sure. Now with that being said, when you when you when you had the option to go to prayer view, full ride, full ride. The book talks about it you know, right. and uh previous an excellent institution, right down the street by 45, 50 minutes from Houston, Texas. Dad took you down there, but that gut didn't sit right for you. Why didn't it sit right for you?
3: Um, You know, for, it, it didn't give me that, like, even though I got a full ride and, you know, I, it, it, it wasn't too far from home, I didn't, for the first time, I just didn't feel like I would be competing at an elite level. I, I felt like I wouldn't be, you know, surrounded around, you know, a bunch of people that necessarily, I don't know, like, that. It, it was just that it factor that I was looking for. And that's why I wanted to go to Harvard. Harvard, you know, it's Harvard. Like, <laughs> you hear Harvard, it's like, yo, you go to Harvard? Right. And then I'll tell them, like, yo, I'm going to Prairie prayer view. And it's, it, was, it was more common coming from where I'm from, like, mm-hmm. You, if you're from Houston, Texas. You're from Missouri City, Texas. Right. Mostly, everybody is gonna go to U of H, or T S U, or Prairie View. Yes. So for me, I wanted to step outside the box as far as a you know a school and an institution is concerned. And you know, I, I graduated at the top of my class. Like, like I was the number ten student. Not not ten percent, but ten. Like ten <laughs> people in my in my high school class. So I'm thinking like I. No, I, let me let me apply to Harvard. Harvard mm-hmm. never got back with me, mm-hmm. and my mom. Last minute, I came back from Prairie View. My mom, my dad dropped me back off at my mom's house, and I you know I told her you know I, they offered me a full ride, and I wouldn't have to pay for school. And you know she still could see it on my face that it just wasn't really doing it for me. And then she encouraged me to apply to Morehouse. Got into Morehouse. They gave me a. Um, you know, a a scholarship to a a pre-program that they were having over the summer. I went to the I went to the campus over summer. I fell in love with it. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I have to come back in the fall. This is the school that I'm going to. Right. And I just I ended up there.
1: We'll be right back with more money making conversations with the co-owner of Trade House Investment Group and the author of Millions Accepted and Accepted, Bryce Thompson. This is Rashawn McDonald. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. As I continue my conversation with the co-owner of Trade House Investment Group and the author of Millions Accepted and Accepted, Bryce Thompson. Well, congratulations because it changed your life. You know, uh, when yeah. I say change sure. your life from a perspective. Uh, my degree is in mathematics, okay, and my minor is in sociology. I graduated from University of Houston. Like I said, I went to college because, like in your book, it tell, you talk about, you know, that's the the way of the world. You know, you right. go to high school, you graduate from high school, then you go to college, you get this, you know, five or six-figure six degree. Next thing you know, you're married and you're happy. That right. didn't set well for you. Again, that gut. I always love you. You follow your gut, you know, like I said. Right. And so when you were in, doing an internship program in Cleveland, Great job. Great opportunity. You know, eight to five. But every time you started every day, the excitement of going, according to your book, started diminishing. And that's when you start understanding and admitting to yourself at such a young age, this is not for me. Talk about
3: that. For sure. Um, So first and foremost, let me just, you know, just add on to that. I drove an hour to work every single morning. And that was like, you know, that was a little different for me. <laughs> that was the first time I ever experienced anything like that. So I'm driving an hour. So it was more so like a, a seven to five or uh-huh. six to five. I had to wake up at six, <laughs> leave by seven, get to work by eight. Right. So it was more like a, a six to five. Right. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving, you know, you driving, you waking up early. You know, it, it has to be something to motivate you to do that every morning. And for me, the only thing that was motivating me was, you know, if I didn't make it to work on time, they wouldn't offer me a job back or, you know, I wouldn't get paid. But, you know, it got to the point where I felt like, like I didn't even want a job back. Like, I didn't even I didn't even care if they they offered me a full time, full time job, because this isn't, you know, I felt like this is a part time job and, for me, it was like a part-time sacrifice, like mm-hmm. sacrifices are temporary for you to live, you know, the way that you really want to. Mm-hmm. So I, I understood for me that, you know, that job was something that I, I necessarily had to do to get to where I wanted to go at the, at the, at that specific time. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was just part of the really building the foundation. Like I still, I, you know, I owe that job, uh, you know, as, as far as being a, reason to my success. Now, like I, you know, some of the people that I met and some of the things that I learned and, you know, just, it was just a humbling experience for me. And and now I can, I can speak to it a little bit different when I'm, when I'm talking to people that are interested in what I do or, you know, that want to be an entrepreneur and they don't know exactly how to go about it. But yeah, no, nah, that, that was the first time you know, I was making <laughs> a little bit of money. Like, I was making good money for Absolutely. You a college a student.
1: But, you know, I, I always remember, like, I tell people my experience at IBM has always been a blessing because it taught me structure. And that's what you're talking about right now. Right, right, right. Working that... And, and and it stays with you. You know, at the time, I didn't really understand what it would bring it just worked to me. They sent me off to courses and I would even though I was based in Houston, they would send me to Atlanta to train and 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 all those same disciplines that I that I experienced I still apply today. And so from an entrepreneur standpoint, entrepreneurial standpoint, when you're talking to people, you all you're doing is by discipline. Like you said, you got up at six to start driving at seven to arrive at eight. That's the same principle you have to do if you're an entrepreneur. You just can't be, just because you run your company, mean you can't get up at seven one day, eight o'clock the next day, or nine o'clock the next day, or six o'clock the next day. There has to be consistency. And that's what your book talk about, talks about is consistency as an entrepreneur, consistency to achieve your goals. Why was that so important to you to reveal that side of secrecy, of secrets, you know, because we always want to know the secrets to success. But that 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 becomes a profound dialogue in your book.
3: Right. Um, no, yeah, con- consistency is a big deal. And you know that's that's really the difference. It's I find it to be easy to be consistent when you know you're heading in a direction of where you want to go, right. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when I was working that job, it, it was a lot harder to consistently wake up every morning, knowing that this isn't something that i I want to do. and no matter how early I wake up. No, no matter how many donuts I bring to the office, no matter how many, <laughs> how much <laughs> coffee I buy everybody at the office, I'm still going to get paid the same amount. I'm still going to, you know, do the same thing that I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, like the projects never really change, Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't really living. I felt, I felt like I wasn't really living in my purpose. I felt like I was just an, another number. And once I became an entrepreneur yeah, I could still wake up early, if not earlier. I could stay up later, if not later. Because every every morning that I wake up, this is another opportunity for me to do something that's going to get me closer to the lifestyle that I really only get to see in my sleep. But you know, when you when you work in a job, you can wake up earlier, wake up the same time, wake mm-hmm. up a little later. You're still going to get the same results. Absolutely. So, you know, entrepreneurship it. As far as the consistency goes, it should be a whole lot easier for anybody because, one, you can't put a cap on your income as an entrepreneur. You can always do something to increase it. And you can really focus on the things that you love to do and make an income out of that. Find a way to support yourself out of that. Absolutely, I'm talking to Bryce Thompson, the author of
1: Millions Accepted, Accepted, and Accepted. Uh, one of the things that really now we've, 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 we 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 talked about a journey up to this point. We talked about the, the 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 early stages from grade school, middle school, high school, early years of college. You were focused to be an entrepreneur. You, was, I mean, me, you were focused to be a, fi- a nine to fiver, forty a hour week guy. You was working on this engineering degree, and then suddenly your older brother said the magic word to you, Bitcoin. Bitcoin changed your life in 2017. Come on now. And then then when you tried to help out this young lady... She stepped back on you. Oh, yeah, you really was reading the book. Hey, man. Hey, man, but thank goodness you didn't say her name because she probably tracked you down and beat you up.
3: She she knows. She knows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You tried to tell her, but she has so much doubt. And that's what you can't, like I said, you can't take everybody to success. You can talk to them about it, but they have to have a, the dream locked in and understand what you're trying to communicate with them. But that—that right. that, your older brother, who had graduated from college, who showed you the way. Here you are at Morehouse. You have not completed college, but he showed you an opportunity that it was too much to pass up. Talked about that journey right. into into the world of Bitcoin and also investments.
3: Right. Um, well, yeah, like I said in the beginning, my, my older brother, you know, was one of my motivations to becoming successful and, you know, doing something and making something out of my, out of myself. So, you know, when he gave me an opportunity, it's not, I'm not going <laughs> to question it too much, right, no matter right, what right, it is. Right. Just, mm-hmm. As long as it's legal, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really going to question it mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, uh, of course, against my morals, mm-hmm. But you know, like we come from the same place. My older mm-hmm. brother, when mm-hmm. so he he introduced me to you know cryptocurrencies and investing, <laughs> um, it was it was like Chinese to me. It was like a foreign language, right? Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I wasn't scared to learn something new, especially being at my job and that. You know that that's why that job plays a significant part of my story because I think I was more motivated because of what I was going through, you know, as an employee over the summer. So when he is it, the timing, the timing was just perfect. So when he gave it to me, not only was I making, a, I was making a little bit of money. So mm-hmm. it's hard to invest when you don't have anything to invest. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I was it is for the first time I was making. You know, I had, I had some pocket, I had some money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So I leveraged that money, that little bit of money that I had in my pocket, and I started making a little bit of money on top of my money. Right. And, you know, it wasn't a whole lot. But at the time, I realized, like, you know, this isn't a lot of money, but this is for me, for a college student, for the average person, you know, this this could help them out a whole lot. And that was the first time that I I started talking about I started telling my friends. I started, you know, telling my family members, Start really showing them. And like you said, you know the girl that you just mentioned. <laughs> that's when, that's when I, that's when I really ran into, you know, that that feeling of rejection that every entrepreneur is going to experience, right? That that rejection feeling, like she she rejected me. I tried to show her, tried to, I felt like it could help her, and she shot me down. She right. she made me feel like what I was doing wasn't a big deal, and that was my first time experiencing that. Not I, I, I even owe you know, a lot of my, or at least a significant part of my success in early on to her. Like, I really, I appreciate that she, that she, you know, rejected me because you know some man,
1: you, you have a lot of values like me, Bryce, is that right. I always tell people, when they tell me no or they reject me, my goal is to get in front of you. I always tell people, I, I put my car in front of your bumper. That's my goal. If you, if right. I'm in front of your bumper, that means you can't go around me. And plus, you have to get my license and find out who in front of me. So that's all. So you had that mentality. So you put your car. Your goal is to put your car in front of hers. Fortunately, it didn't take much. Okay? Because you immediately just. Right. Darn it <laughs> ran off the road. That's how. Quickly, you got in front of her, and she sitting on the side of the road trying to call AAA, but it was too late because you going about your business. But the beauty right. of this is the, and the, right. and the sad part of this is that, you know, despite success, despite doing it the right way, you were stereotyped. You know, you were put in jail, told you going to be in jail for ten days. If it wasn't for your frat brother who was there and able to to get you out of jail. No telling what direction that would put you. No telling what stereotype situation that would have led to even more incarceration or more frustration. That's right. just you know that even though you can do it right, because of the nature of racism, it still can stereotype you. But the focus oh, point of sure. what I really like about you, you know, you you, you started the, the the trade house investment group with three of your boys. You know, you also did you also have the uh, the HBCU scholarship campaign that you do with the Scholarly app. And if anybody don't know what the Scholarly app is, it's an online search platform that helps high school seniors, you know, uh, and current undergraduates and graduate students match and win scholarships. In that yeah. <laughs> He has a HBCU scholarship. And by the way, Prairie View a is one of the schools on this platform, cool. along with Hampton, Howard, you know, Livingstone, all and Morehouse, of course. So my whole thing is that when I, when I sit down and talk to you, Bryce, man, this, this book, which I'm definitely going to recommend to a lot of people. In fact, I'm going to feature you on my Motivational Monday. So in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. every, on Mondays, I feature people, I think, who are making a difference in this world. And I highlight their success story and your story it needs to be a highlight so in a couple of weeks I'm going to recommend people to get your book highlight you on my Motivational Mondays I've done everybody from Shaq uh, uh, Rick Ross was a couple of weeks ago so into uh, this week I think I, I got Will that. Packer was, uh, today is Will Packer he's being highlighted this week so next week going to be my man Bryce Thompson this book yeah, is I worth it. It. it I'm going to recommend it. I know people have told you interviewed by Rashawn McDonald get ready but brother I was ready for you because you're an inspiration, you are my, that. you are what I I worked hard to, to make happen. You know, I feel that that anything that I do when I welcome you into my studio, realize it's a blessing for me because it's an honor to understand your values that you were able to understand at such an early age. I didn't figure it out till I was forty. Okay, you figured it out. You know, when you was 22, all right, and you're willing to share it. Through your scholarships, through your IM Millennial events. The last one was at the Hard Rock Stadium. You know, it, I was your brother came over here bragging, telling me all those thousands and thousands of people showing up. But I love both of y'all, man. But uh, and, and just wrapping up this interview, uh, Bryce. Anything you want to say to your to your potential new fans and why they should really invest in reading your book? Millennials, accept it and accept it?
3: Um, one thing you know, I. I do want to, you know, shed some light on not really just to anybody that's uh, just supports me, but any upcoming entrepreneur, um, anybody that you know wants to 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 make something great or do something great or get some something great, acquire something great. Uh, the one thing worse than not having something or acquiring what you want to acquire is actually getting it and then losing it. So you know, what's big for me and just my whole journey and how I came into the entrepreneurial space. And what I'm going to I'm going to continue to shed light on, not just in my book, but even specifically within my events, um, just as financial literacy. I think, you know, especially a lot of people specifically of color, we you know, we come into money or we work so hard to gain something, but we never really understand the, the power of what it's going to be like once we have it. And we never really educate ourselves on, you know, what, what to do when we actually get it. People know how to make money. People know how to spend money save money. Not a lot of people know how to multiply money. So, you know, just the power of investing and knowing what to do with your money and knowing how to move when you acquire a certain level of success is going to, uh, you know, in turn, allow you to keep it once you gain it. And I think that's 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 one of the most powerful things that I want to shed light on, especially for young entrepreneurs that look look like me. Once you, Once you actually get it, you know, our job is to keep it like our job is to have it 10, 20, 30 years down the line so we can pass it down to the next generation. But um, for Sean, again, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Like, you know, people told me about this. Despite I've been on 15, 20 minutes early to make sure I was on and I'm, I'm looking forward to you know, hopefully talking to me and you in, in the future.
1: Oh, we will, man. And again, thank you for coming on the show. Bryce Thompson, he'll be featured on my Motivational Monday on my Facebook. I got almost a million followers on there. So a lot of people going to see you. Millions <laughs> right. accepted and accepted. Hey, my man, thanks for coming on Money Making Conversation. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. If you want to hear or see my interview with Bryce Thompson on Money Making Conversation, please go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I am Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.